Welcome to Give Up the Grind with your host, Dr. Greta Anderson and Kevin R. McGee. Insights and offerings for building your best life on your terms. Every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Radio Network. Listen to this and other great shows. Go to www.catbuilderradionetwork.com or subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Give Up the Grind, insights and offerings for building your best life on your terms. I am Kevin McGee, and my lovely co-host is Dr. Greta, Dr. Anderson. Greta Anderson. Hello, everyone. Hey. How are you doing, Dr. Greta? Are you good today? I'm doing great today. You know, just, awesome. you know, grinding, but in a good way. So how Grinding in a good way. That's the next title of the next, Grinding in a Good Way. That's right. You're using grinding your grinding the, powers the good, the good for good. Grind. <laughs> That's right. The good grind. The good grind, right? Indeed. The good grind. So, yeah. The good so, everything is good. Okay. So excited okay. about today. Today, something. Yes, we, we, we have, we, t- we're going to have a very interesting show today. We have a special guest who's going to be coming on in, in just a few moments after I introduce her. We always want to try to make sure that we bring you guys relevant content that really helps you grow your business and be successful. Uh, one of the, 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 the biggest things I think for small businesses is just really kind of identifying when to kind of engage legal counsel, right? You know, how do you structure contracts? How do you do deals? How do you negotiate? How do you view contracts? How do you do agreements? You know, the, the cornerstone of much of business is based on agreements. You know, the, the fundamental premise is that I'm making an agreement. When you sell me a good or service, you're agreeing that it's going to do the things that it's supposed to do. And so, so it's, it's mirrored with just all sorts of agreements. So sooner or later, uh, there's a disagreement about the agreement. So have you ever had any disagreements about the agreement, Greta, in your time as a business owner? Yes, I have. And so I've had my fair share of uh, legal actions, lawsuits, uh, uh, judgments, et cetera, uh, good and bad. So, Today we brought in a very good friend of the show and a very accomplished attorney as well, Miss Roxanne Smithers. Uh, she is very passionate about legal education for entrepreneurs and business owners. She has a hybrid practice of providing corporate litigation, general counsel, and representation to small business, small size businesses, and nonprofits. She is a multi-year super lawyer. Uh, rated by Georgia's Magazine and as a rising star. She has developed a nationwide practice ranging from commercial matters, construction law, and premise liability defense. So she is definitely, definitely well qualified to be with us here today. She's a native of Akron, Ohio. She received her BA in African American Studies and a JD from Columbia University. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Attorney Counselor Roxanne Smithers. Roxanne, how are you?
issues or three main legal areas that any entrepreneur or business owner are going to have to address both on the good side and on the bad side while they are um, developing their business, taking their business to the next level. Hmm. Awesome, awesome, yes. Definitely um, issues that I think any, as you mentioned, most any entrepreneur is going to encounter one way or the other, so it's probably most important to have them take take care to speak to a professional like yourself on the front end before you have to on the back end. Yes, and there's definitely a misconception that you only need a lawyer when there's a problem, and we (laughs) like to get involved when things are going well. The best call is when a client calls and says, hey, we've got this great opportunity that's coming up, and we want to make sure that we have um, dotted our I's and crossed our T's, and we sort of understand all the things that we need to do to make sure that we're able to take full advantage of this great opportunity, either with a new deal or customer or, or they're bringing on a partner or an investor. We like to come in at the beginning um, and help lay that strong foundation. And it's a lot uh, less expensive. It's less painful for the client involved when things yeah. are good versus just <laughs> being involved when things are bad. Right. right. And, and I will sense. share with you a, a quick quote that, that, that uh, an attorney I had years ago that, that spoke volumes. I went to him uh, after uh, uh, I kind of entered into some stuff, and I showed it. I said, hey, you know, I wanted to sh- share this contract with you about this ag- agreement that I'm doing, and he read through it, and his words were, you didn't sign this, did you? <laughs> wow. Wow. Many times, I go, please tell me you didn't sign this. <laughs> please tell me you didn't sign this, right? And so, and so, and so you're, you're debating whether you're 5 or 50, right? Do you lie and say that you didn't, or you don't say that you tell the truth? So right. uh, to that point, to that point, just talk a little bit, you know, about, you know, uh, how uh, two things. Number one, how important it is to get an, inter- get an attorney involved uh, prior to entering into contracts and agreement, and then follow that up with just kind of briefly, you know, what could someone expect for in terms of fees, that type of advice, just kind of a general range if you don't mind. Certainly. Well, I always say, you know, if you come to me at the beginning, I might be able to buy a nice pair of shoes off your fee. If you come to me after <laughs> the fact, I'm going to be able to take a nice vacation on the fee. So, Either you're going to buy me a nice pair of shoes or you're going to send me on a nice European vacation. It's your I choice. Like that. It's your choice. I like that. That's right. That's great. It's your That's choice. Way to put it. <laughs> but it's definitely important to have experts. I mean, this is why you're going into you're going into business because you are in theory an expert either at a product or a service that you're providing. And you want people to come to you and trust your expertise with that service or that product. In the same vein, you need to make sure that you're relying on experts uh, to help you with your business. Just because there's a YouTube video out there canal on myself. I'm going to go to a dentist. Right. And just because there's, you know, there may be a Google or a website that you can go to that gives you a little tidbit, it is not a replacement for the time and the effort and the education and the experience that an attorney gains and is able to bring to bear um, to your question, issue, matter, or uh, dispute. So it's important to, when you're even setting up your budget for your business and you're thinking of all of your business expenses, 
I always advise folks when they're working on that business plan and they're working on that budget to make sure you're accounting for two key things, a good accountant and um, you're accounting for some legal services, someone to bounce questions off of, someone to help you make sure that you're laying a strong foundation for your business. And, and to that end, we've got unique pricing um, that we try to put into play for entrepreneurs and business owners. We do some flat fees, some alternative fees for uh, contract drafting, contract reviews. Um, if we're going to be in a situation where we're negotiating back and forth and we don't really necessarily have control over how long that's going to take, take, then we'll get into our hourly rate. But our our mindset and our business model is designed uh, to really provide value and service for entrepreneurs and for small business owners. And to bring the skills from large firms, my partner and I both started and spent many years at the large firms. So to bring those skills to bear at a price that is um, more reasonable. We're still experts, so you're still going to have to pay, but you're not going to pay what you'd pay if um, we had the marble floors and the nice columns in one of those fancy Buckhead or downtown offices. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that's very – that's good to know. I mean, and I think that that's kind of a relief for a lot of people. I think that one of the things that hinders a lot of uh, new uh, entrepreneurs and business builders from taking that first step, Roxanne, is the fear of the cost. Mm-hmm. It's definitely important to understand the market, understand what the what the going rates are for any service that you're going to um, that you are going to elicit for yourself or for your business. And so you can you know you can do some research. You can Google attorneys' fees in certain cities and certain states and get a general idea of what those costs would be, just to make sure that you are. Um, in in line, or that the the attorney that you're talking with is their fees are in line. Makes sense. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, uh, sure. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Greta. Finish your question. No, no, no. Go ahead, Greta. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, you kind of talked about you know fees and contracts. Are there anything that you would advise small business owners? Uh, well, well let, let me reverse it. So what, generally speaking for your smaller, maybe, you know, startup to early stage businesses, what are they typically coming to you for? So w- what are some good examples of, of when people should specifically engage an attorney like yourself? Sure. One of the things that we see most often and is obviously necessary um, if they're not coming to us to do their actual formation, which means registering either as a uh, C-Corp, registering as an S-Corp, which is a, more, a small family or closely held corporation, or a limited liability corporation. Those are the main sort of um, formation structures that we see. We are getting clients who then come to us or realize that they need to have the, I would call it the DNA of their business. Your registration is akin to your birth certificate. It means that your business exists as a legal entity. The next step is the DNA, how that business is going to function and run. If it's a limited liability corporation, an LLC, you need to have what's called an operating agreement. And that is a contract between all the owners. And 
sort of describing who's going to be in charge of what, how, how things are handled within the business, how decisions are made, how the business dissolves if it has to dissolve, how people leave, how people come into the business. And you still want that agreement even if you're a sole business owner. Um, you still want to have an operating agreement in place. If you're a partnership, you'd have a partnership agreement. If you are a corporation, whether a C corporation or S corp, you're going to have what are called bylaws. But they generally all do the same thing, which is sort of lay out the format for how this business is going to run, who's going to be in charge of what, how are decisions made, how are new business owners or investors brought into the business, and how are disputes resolved. So we oftentimes work on those types of agreements. Um, either there's an issue and people realize that they need that agreement or they're looking for an investor, they're looking for outside financing, and those entities are going to want to see your operating agreement. Know that you have one. If it's an outside investor, they're going to have to become a party to that agreement or they're going to have to ratify and agree to be bound by the bylaws. So those are two significant things that we see um, in businesses. We obviously want to get that in place at the beginning. Sometimes businesses and business owners think that as long as they've registered, that they've checked that box and they're done, and that's only one part of that formation process. Um, after that, we'll see oftentimes if it's a service type of business, they want to establish their own contract for services that they're providing to their customer, or maybe they use a lot of subcontractors or independent contractors, and they want to establish their own contract for how those relationships are going to go. And that's something that we definitely highly recommend, that you have your own paper, as we call it. Awesome. Makes a lot Good of stuff. sense. So, Makes yeah, wow. a lot of sense. I'm sending you lots of great information. <laughs> wow, I'll be right. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm experienced. Hey, I, I might need to re-engage. You know, I might need to re-engage. <laughs> well, <my> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and engagement agreement. Well, the first agreement they see is our engagement agreement, and so that's okay. That's, okay. We we practice what we preach. One of the things that we try to do because we're working with with entrepreneurs and business owners. Some have been in business for you know 20, 30 years. Some are just um, sort of starting the process. And so we are very cognizant of making sure that in our relation with our clients, we are modeling what we are advising for them. So we make sure that, just like I always tell my clients, make sure you have a signed contract before you perform work. We make sure that we have a signed engagement agreement and a retainer or whatever we're requiring at the beginning of that, of that relationship. Um, just like I tell my clients, make sure that you are invoicing on a regular basis and you're sending out those late notices and you are letting folks know if, they make a if you want to make a change to the scope of work or to the product. Um, we do those things as well on a regular basis because we want to model to our clients um, what it means to really operate your business in a appropriate um, and professional fashion, even if it's just you, even if you work from home. Um, none of those things are excuses or reasons why you shouldn't have a certain level of professionalism and formality. So let me ask you this. Did you have a, you have a question, Yorana? Go ahead. What's your question? Oh, sure. I have, I have dozens of questions, but go ahead. <laughs> Ladies first, Greta, ladies first. 
Well, I was going to say uh, kind of to, to, to the point you just made, Roxanne, when you said even if someone's, you know, a, a business of one working at home. And, you know, as a coach and, as, you know, and working with, with entrepreneurs, more than a few times I've it's kind of heard this. So I'm going to ask you the question as, as the legal expert here. If I have a small business and this great opportunity comes up with, you know, like the big fish in my industry, should I try and negotiate that contract on my own or should I absolutely engage an expert like yourself? The first step is I always tell small business owners, you know, even if you get a deal with a, a big customer or client, there's often a, an intimidation factor and they don't want to try to negotiate the terms, whether they're negotiating themselves or they're having an attorney do so. So my first thought is always, yes, negotiate. Ask not, want not, because uh, you never know what you might be able to get. Um, whether or not it's a large customer or a large opportunity, you'd be surprised. Um, there's value in even the moral victory of you going in, having knowledge of the terms of the contract, having knowledge of what your business needs are and what your legal needs are, and presenting those to a customer. It builds a level of respect that they will have for you, an expectation that although you are a small business, that you are a business and that you mean business. Um, it's also important that in that process you understand the customer's priorities and you understand um, some of the risks that are associated with that project or with that performance so that you know that and you can plan ahead as you move forward. But whether or not you're able to get anything changed or not, I think it's always important to at least look at the contract, understand it, and see if there are points where you can get some movement from the customer um, that will move the needle um, further in your direction. So my argument is, one, always negotiate. And then obviously my, my preference is that you at least have some legal counsel to help you to understand the legal implications of some of the provisions. Usually when I look at a contract, I, you know, there are going to be business terms that are more specific to the business, and I don't necessarily have an opinion from a legal perspective. I may have an opinion because I know my client and I know their business and I know their needs, but then I'm also going to be focused on that language that nobody wants to read and nobody wants to figure out and nobody wants to tackle to make sure it's clear and makes sense and that you're able to actually comply with it. So I say no matter how big the, you know, the customer is or the client or the opportunity is, you never know what you can get if you don't ask. Awesome. That is awesome. Hello. Well, listen, we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back with a few more thoughts from attorney Roxanne Smithers. So we'll be right back. Get up the grind. See you guys in a few. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hey, we are back. We are back. Give up the grind. Glad that you guys are back with us today. Great conversation, huh, Greta? Awesome conversation. Such awesome conversation. valuable information. 
valuable. So listen, I have a question, uh, Roxanne. You know, with all of the technology and social media and texting and Instagram and Twitter, what what are some of your, I guess, general thoughts around uh, business communications, social media, text, and kind of how those things play into you know, legal agreements, legal disputes, et cetera. Have you seen any, 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 anything kind of trending in those areas? Yes. The worst thing I can hear from a client, and this goes back to the fact that I, sort of, I have a hybrid practice. I started my career as a litigator, um, strictly handling defending lawsuits, filing lawsuits, and then moved to the corporate side doing the contracts and the deals. And when I talk to a client and they're giving me their facts of what's going on and the communications back and forth, and I ask them, first I cross my fingers and say, do you have any of this in writing? And I hold my breath, I cross my toes, I cross my eyes, I cross everything. (laughs) And they say yes, and then I say, okay. What form? You got, you, did you, you got a memo? Did you all do this letters? Did you email? Oh, we've got text back and forth. And I sort of hang my head. <laughs> <laughs> now, while having text with regards to an issue is better than simply saying we talked on the phone, back and forth, argued, and then it's a, it's a complete case of he said, she said. I'm thinking in terms of how you move evidence into court if you have a dispute. How do you prove who said what? How do you prove sort of the validity of the communications? And Mm. text, it depends on the phone company that you have. It depends on the type of phone Mm. that you have. It depends on what sort of backup you have, what sort of storage you're saving. For me to get that information and to be able to effectively use it as an ultimate tool for your for the resolution of your issue, uh, so for that reason, I would prefer an email twenty times over a text. In my in my mind, text is for I'm on my way. I'm around the corner. What's the address? Right. Text is right. not for negotiations of a resolution. Um, or amendments to a contract or laying out grievances. Now, if you want to argue with your significant other over text, fine. But business (laughs) communications, I say at minimum there needs to be an email. Um, The old fogey lawyer in me is like, you need a letter, but I will take emails because it's, it's it's a lot clearer when you look at if you ever had to print out an email and you're sort of showing the communication, it's a lot clearer who's saying what. You've got the email address. You've got when it was sent, when it was received. It is cleaner from an, an evidence standpoint, which is you know the ultimate position that your dispute can end up in is in court, and you have to think in those terms versus – Am I going to be able to print this? How is your screenshot going to look? Is it going to show the person's phone number so that we can actually say that that text came from this person um, versus, you know, you have assigned a name to a phone number? You know, I can put Michael Jordan's name next to any phone number I want in my phone book and say, hey, Michael Jordan's been texting me, and really it's my grandmother. This is true. And it's assuming that you can print them off. Some phone services, you've got to go to the phone company to get your text. They may not do it without a court order. The bottom line is the more complicated it is, 
and the longer it takes for me to have the weapons that I need to help you, the harder it is for me to help you and the more expensive it is for me to help you. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Roxanne. What, what contract terms do you find that people sort of commonly overlook when they're considering drafting contracts? Very often contracts are missing um, terms with regards to late fees or interest if a party is not paid. They often don't have provisions with regards to getting your attorney's fees or costs if you have a dispute. And one of the first things that clients ask me when I sort of lay out, okay, here's the timeline. If we're not able to resolve this through, you know, me calling them or letters, they say, well, am I going to be able to get, this, get these fees back? And we have an American system where everyone is responsible for their own attorney's fees unless the parties have agreed to that in advance or there's some extraordinary situation that compels the court to um, award you your attorney's fees. We don't have the, the British system where the winner always gets their fees no matter what. There are pros and cons to either system, but this is the system that we have. And so the best way to make sure that, you know, all those costs that you might incur um, don't sort of eat into your, your final judgment or award or whatever you have is to make sure you have a simple provision in your contract that says, you know, if you have to enforce this contract, you're entitled to get your fees and costs back. Uh, another provision that people don't think about is how do you terminate the contract? Um, under what circumstances can the other side terminate the contract? Under what circumstances can you terminate the contract? And what happens in terms of performance when the contract is terminated early? Uh, finally, something that people don't realize they can do, which is uh, something I always look to add to contracts, are limitations of liability. And basically that means you can put into a contract, provided the other side agrees, language that will put a cap on how much either side or both of you would be liable for if there's a problem or if there is a dispute. You can agree to a specific dollar amount. You can agree that you're only liable to the extent you have insurance to cover it. Um, you can put limits that they can only get they can only get damages to compensate them, so they can't get extra damages, which are called punitive damages, which are literally just to punish you or punish the other side for doing something wrong. And so, depending on who you are in the contract, your position, uh, you may want to have a limit on your liability in that contract. So that's something that I always look at and really think about. Um, when I am either revising a contract or drafting a contract fresh. Good stuff. Excellent. So, Roxanne, look, so let's just say um, I'm, you know, a small business owner, and um, essentially what is the process or the best process for me developing my own contracts for my service business? Yeah. Well, the first thing you want to think about are your specific business needs. What payment cycle do you need to have? And be realistic. Do you need to be paid in advance because there are certain expenses that you have to incur to be able to perform? Um, 
do you need to be paid within 15 days because you have independent contractors or employees or what have you, and you need to make sure that that money comes in so that you can send that money back out the door. Uh, so understanding your payment cycle, when you need to be paid realistically, um, your performance cycle, how much time does it really take for you to provide the service or provide the product, or in the other direction, if you're seeking something, what's the timeline upon which you're going to need that performance or you're going to need that product? Um, and if there are any other risks that are at issue, sort of, if, if there's a physical product, what happens if it's, if it's if it's destroyed before it gets to you or there's some sort of delay. Um, so understanding those things. So, so those are your, your, your business terms. And then it's understanding what legal positions you want to take on uh, certain issues. Do you want both sides to be able to terminate for no reason whatsoever and, you know, a week's notice, 30 days' notice, what have you? And so you just sort of decide on those things. What county is your business located in? Do you want to make sure that you are that if you have a dispute, it's going to be resolved in that county, which will make it easy for you for travel purposes. It may make it easy for you with in terms of finding an attorney. Those are things to think about um, as well. You'll want to put in there language regarding the scope of services or the or the type of product that you want to get out of the situation. Those are some of the things. You want to think about your business terms, and then you'll think about um, the legal positions that you want to take on issues. Is it, is, are you in the type of business or seeking the type of services where insurance is a key point or a key issue? So you want to make sure you're addressing insurance, whether it's you know, limiting the impact on your insurance or making sure the other side has insurance. You'll want to think about those things. If there's intellectual property at issue, if you're creating something for someone or they're creating something for you, making sure it's clear who owns that product at the end of the process um, and what has to go into um, securing your rights to ownership of that, of that product or that invention or that idea. So those are some of the things that you want to think about when you are looking to prepare your own contract. And as I said, I, I recommend that business owners have at least a, a sort of standard contract that they, they issue as part of their business um, because whenever you have that opportunity to issue the paper, as we say, say whoever controls the paper kind of controls the conversation because you're starting the negotiation um, based upon what you present to the other side, and then they are reacting to that. So you're sort of on the offense, so you're in a, and you're in a stronger position. And even in situations where you don't get to use your contract, because you know what you like to have and you know what you need, that helps you to review that contract that's coming to you to know, well, this says I'm paid 60 days, and I know that I need to be paid within 15 days, so I know that's a section I need to address. Or I know that my insurance is this, and this is requesting more insurance than I have, so I know I need to address this. So it, it even helps you, sort of a cheat sheet, when you're looking at a contract coming from someone else if you have gone through the process of developing your own contract. Absolutely. So that makes a it makes a huge amount of sense. So listen, we have time for maybe one one more uh, question, or should I say, maybe let's let's do comments. So Roxanne, if you were to maybe give our listeners sort of 
a final word of advice, cautionary tale, or, or, or something in terms of what might help them be better prepared for any, any, any issues they may have? What, what would that be? I would definitely, I'm realistic, and so I always tell folks, you know, lawyers are great. I'm biased. I'm one of them. Um, but, you know, there are some free resources out there that are a great starting point just to get an idea. Um, there's Rocket Lawyer. There's Fine Law. There's even Legal Zoom, um, where you can get at least a starting point of, of a contract if you're really grinding on a budget um, and you want to start that route. However, pulling those free resources or those reduced cost resources is not an excuse to not read them, not make sure you understand them, and make sure that you modify those documents so that they actually fit your business and fit how you do business. Because the only thing that's worse than no contract is a contract that doesn't actually apply to your business or what you're doing. Right. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you, Roxanne Smithers. Before we go, you want to tell the listeners where they can find you at, your contact information? Absolutely. Um, as always, we are at stulawgroup.com. I can be emailed at rss at stulawgroup.com. You can check us out on LinkedIn, Smithers and Umewabo. We're also on Facebook. Um, and we're always looking for opportunities to engage with business owners and entrepreneurs and provide them with uh, information and education. We really want to make sure that we are contributing to creating an educated population of entrepreneurs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Roxanne. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We appreciate it a lot. Well, listen, that, so that about does again. it for this week's everyone. Thanks again. Greta, you, you have an awesome week. Roxanne, you have an awesome week as well. You too. And everybody Thank take you. care. Give up the grind. You Give it up. Care. Take care. Be well. <laughs> See you later. Be well.